Woo! Wooey! Yeehaw! Zing! Zabam! Bazinga! Welcome to... Holy cow! Gee whiz, welcome to Push to Shout. Episode 101, the most wonderfulest episode there is. I never actually played that game. I, played I think the last episode was better. It was pretty good. I, I like that one. I, I think it was um, a better guest appearance than our first one, I'd say. Well, you know... <laughs> we, we only we didn't attract the start best with a okay right. well welcome to the show guys uh we got some stuff to talk about i do at least i don't know about you yeah. you may be an empty-headed <laughs> nothing contributing yeah. nothing worth nothing as usual yeah but let i'll i'll throw you a bone i'll cast a line out there what have you been up to uh that's not really casting me a line that's more just like putting me in the spot but well, it's like I've been you can hang yourself with it. Also, me a bone would be like, "Hey, here's that video game you forgot to mention." I'll bone you. Of which there isn't because the only game I've been playing for the last week is DCS, Digital Combat Simulator. That's that Vive pilot one, right? Yeah, I mean it's not for the Vive, but I do use it, uh, and it works pretty well, except for the frame rate. I need to upgrade my CPU. Uh, to upgrade my CPU, I have to upgrade my motherboard too. So I'm like not looking forward to doing all that oh, yeah. and I'm putting it off and I really need that, to just that's like the, the most trigger. involved thing to upgrade yeah and, and like yeah the last time I tried to upgrade my motherboard I had to like install a new copy of Windows and like get a new key from yep. them and all that shit and so I really don't want to go through all that they say you don't have to do that but I've never not that I've replaced my motherboard all that often but like both times I've had to reinstall everything yeah so I'm nervous about that but i do need to pull the trigger pretty soon because like my cpu is such a major bottleneck now that i've got 1070 like my computer should be running much faster than it is because my cpu is holding it back so much so yeah what's Uh, your cpu it is a uh, i don't know okay i don't know it's not an i it's it's not when did you buy it a while ago it's probably been shit skyrim was coming out when i bought my new computer and it's the original one in this computer that i built so it's that old however old skyrim is um so your is your motherboard like the last plank my motherboard will not like like, i've pretty got i've i've got one of the more modern cpus to come out on mother the like this is the higher end that this motherboard supports i can get a, a faster one um but they cost like ridiculous like i could easily buy a a better cpu and motherboard that costs less than the cpu because i guess there's a lot of demand for them because of people who in my situation where they don't want to upgrade their motherboard but they do want to upgrade their cpu so these older cpus are like priced ridiculously high and it's pretty like i'm talking like 500 dollars and for not that great of a cpu um it's it's completely absurd but uh so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to upgrade my motherboard for sure. But uh, yeah, kind of procrastinating on that one. Uh, but yeah, DCS, uh, I don't know how much there is to say about it. That's just not going to bore the shit out of everyone. So I I, I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm learning more and more about that game. That game is really involved. And if you want to actually like learn your way into that game and play it competently, it takes 
many, 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 many hours of just learning, like just sitting down and learning shit. Uh, and you can learn through doing, but but it, it takes time. And God, it was it's just way more involved than I thought because like there's there's the modules like the A10, which has everything simulated every button in the cockpit does the actual function that it does in real life um and so obviously that's a huge learning curve but the fact that you can look around the cockpit and see a label on a button and flip the switch and and it does what the label says it does makes it easier in some ways than their other modules that don't have the fully simulated cockpit because then everything you're doing is a button on your keyboard or hotas my my joystick and 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 throttle and that makes it way harder because then you have to remember all that bullshit and you can't just like, like in the A10, if I get stuck somewhere and I'm like, Oh God, how do I do this thing? Well, I know like, okay, here's the vague area that I think it's in and Oh, here we go. You know, but not so if I forget the key on my keyboard. So it's kind of a nightmare. I don't recommend that game to anyone. Although I have been, really? I have been drawing people in from the Arma group to, to play it. You with don't me. recommend it to anyone. To, no, I don't mean that. I, I just mean like, <laughs> You wouldn't indiscriminately recommend for it. For you to actually get into this <laughs> game, you have to be dedicated. You have to like you have to say I want to learn about these stupid airplanes in a very detailed way. Um okay. Like even the even the simplest airplanes like the the F15 is there. They've got a few dogfighting planes that are kind of your simpler stuff. You're your more I guess you would call arcadey. But I'm starting to learn that shit, and it's like there's like all these different radar modes, and I don't understand. Like the 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 basic concept of radar is kind of hard to understand, and there's like radar warning receiver where you've got all these numbers and shit that represent different things that you just have to learn what they mean. It, it, it's unbelievable, but um, I'm still having fun with it. It crashes all the time. It glitches out. Uh, the frame rate gets unbearably low, and I have to restart the game. Stuff like that. But does that cause major problems for you in VR, like when the frame rate? Tends? Um. So, so both headsets, both Oculus and Vive, uh, have this technology where if the frame rate gets really low, it, I guess, what it does is it kind of like simulates your movement, even with a single frame. So, like, say you're running at one frame per second. What? Say you're running at one frame per second, and you move your head left to right, like rotating it. What it'll do yeah. is it'll rotate that one frame in reference to your head. So even though you're running at a low frame rate, the headset movement is running oh, okay. at 90 FPS. And Got so it. right. it's uncomfortable, but sense. it's not sickness-inducing. Um, okay, it's not like your entire no. world is slowing down. Uh, okay. So, yeah, it's it, that's a really... If it didn't have that, it, this game would probably not be playable because like, I can play this game at below 30 frames per second in, in a VR headset and not get sick or anything. Wow. Um, so th that's something that I, I guess Vive didn't, didn't support initially and they added it in due to popular request, but, uh, God, it makes a load of difference. Um, and yeah, sometimes like a couple of the times the game has crashed, it would just pause and then the headset would stop tracking. And that is the weirdest thing Oh. It's just so weird because you're sitting there in, in the cockpit and you move and I can't even describe it. It's like the whole the whole world moves with you and you go, Ugh! and it, it's bad. <laughs> um, so that kind of shit like makes you like rip off your headset. But uh, but I, I have a strong stomach. Because that's not something that 
I would have exactly. ever seen before. It's a completely it's new like sensation. Everything. It, wow. Um, and every once okay. in a while, like when I start like moving my like if I'm looking down in the cockpit in this weird way that makes it lose tracking, it'll kind of jitter a little bit. But that's not too bad. It kind of makes you go, ooh. But then it kind of regains its tracking, and it's it's it, it's not nearly as disorienting as when the whole world just stops and you can't. I, that that shit's just crazy. Um, and the very first time I got up in a plane in VR was really, really, really disorienting. Um, like like you do a barrel roll, and it's like this is just really bizarre. But it, it for me, it took very little time to get used to it. It was the same as being in the race car. That that was very disorienting for the first couple of laps that I played it, but uh, yeah, I, I, I so I do recommend a DCS to anyone who is just itching to dive really deep into a simulation and learn a lot about a plane or a helicopter or something like that. Uh, something autistic exactly. like that. Yeah. Something. Yeah, if you're having an autistic itch, then this this will scratch it for sure. <laughs> uh, it's it's. It's pretty crazy, but uh, it, it also has like really cool moments. The thing is, like, you can do really cool shit in that game, but you have to work to get there a lot. Um, like over the weekend, I was flying with Boone from the Arma group that I play with. I taught him how to start and manage the P fifty one, which is a World War Two airplane that should be relatively simple, and it kind of is. But there's there's concepts that you you've never even heard of in it, or at least I haven't where I've heard of propeller pitch. So under the throttle, there's another throttle for the propeller pitch. And I'd heard of that, but I didn't really know how it worked. And it took me the longest time to figure out what the hell is going on with this thing, because if you put it all the way forward, your engine overheats and and seizes. And if you pull it all the way back, you don't get enough power. And so you have to put it somewhere in the middle. But I knew that there's got to be some, like, magic thing for it. And I'm not going to explain it, but basically, like, you, you learn the concept to manage the engine so you're not overheating and stuff. And uh, and even then, you have to sit there and watch the temperature gauge as you would in real life because if it starts overheating, you have to dive and throttle back and autistic shit like that. Um, but uh, that is yeah, a lot and of so detail. I had to kind of you know teach him that for a few hours to get to the point where we could fly together, and then it's a ton of fun because we're like flying through these valleys, um, like kind of you know nose to tail. And I'm following him, and I've got my headset, and so I'm like player. out beside him, and I can look through my my left window at him, and that's just unbelievably cool. You do like a barrel roll over him, and I'm looking up at him, and it, 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 that, that's cool. It's awesome, um, but yeah, you got to work to get there, and and I think that that's part of what makes it so awesome is like there's a certain amount of satisfaction to mastering the game and and getting to the point where you're competent, and uh, that's that's where the reward comes from, but. Anyway, that's uh, that is all I've been playing. Uh, I have, I, 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 this, I've, this has been going on for a few weeks. I've watched a lot of Rick and Morty to completely change the subject. It's a good it's show, a great show. It's, it's, it's very really, good show. really good. I mean, I knew it was good. I'd seen some clips of it, but like, God, I, I, I just, I love that they take these sci-fi concepts and run with them as far as you can run with them, and and squeeze all the comedy out of it, and it's just. Oh, I love it. I, I, I They name all their aliens and alien planets after like the George Lucas yeah. school of thought where it's just these stupid like the Galor the Galorpians, yeah. the Zablons from Quagnar. I, I, I love the shit where just like something really, really horrible happens. Like really terrible. <laughs> and you're sitting there like, Oh my god, like 
just <laughs> I, I I'm not just gonna like explain a scene out of that show, but there's just so much shit where like it's it's that it's that I'm laughing and I shouldn't be laughing kind of humor. Um and I I love it. So that's a great show. It's like if Family Guy was a sci fi show and good instead of bad. It's like that. Yeah, yeah. It it's gotta be good for one. <laughs> yeah. Um that's usually what I yeah. look for in a show. Uh, but I was just thinking, this is kind of related. I was just thinking about Seth MacFarlane shows the other day, like American Dad, Family Guy, and whatever the other Pretty one, Cleveland show, yeah. show. And what a like disgusting style hate of it. animation and comedy. It's so the comedy doesn't fucking even bother bad. Me. Like the comedy, I think I could watch an episode of that and and laugh some and and be like, whatever, this is fine. The animation has gotten to the point I just can't stand it. It's it has zero style. It is it is the It's like a it's Newgrounds awful. cartoon. Everyone has their eyes half closed for some reason and I just I look at it and I get angry. I get angry at how lazy that show is. <laughs> but we're repeating the same shit that everyone's been saying on the internet for like a decade, so whatever. But it's easy to forget. Now that those days of Seth MacFarlane feel mostly behind us, it's easy to forget. There's what Seth exactly MacFarlane's put sympathizers us. out there too. That that I understand where they're uh, coming from from some extent. Seth heads, no Seth heads allowed. There, there, there are good merits. I'll give Family Guy credit. They've it can be very funny, but fuck that shit. I like the one where the baby was uh, smart when he killed the mom. Because I like, like the one it. where the dog died. So that people would talk about the show again because it was dying, and, and then they brought him back brought the next back episode immediately. And everyone stopped talking about it, and nobody watched it. I like that one. That was a television classic, a huge moment in television history. Anyway, yeah, fuck those shows. Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty's great. Um, well, I got a game to talk about. I started playing the original Fear. Yes, I never played any game in the series yet but i just Stick decided fear to play one. fear one i mean one. the other ones actually are okay but fear one is just miles ahead yeah okay all right for now i mean i'm having a fucking yeah. blast like this i love everything about it so far it's just the okay what was immediately striking the gameplay is great, the AI is incredible, but what just immediately was shockingly good is, like, the physics and the effects when you're actually yeah. shooting people. Like, uh, I, I take my pistol, my dinky little pistol in any other game, and the first enemy I encounter, I, like, tap it as fast as I can, and then, like, his shoulders are mm -hmm. flying back as I shoot the individual points. And then he, like, flies up and back. And there's blood everywhere. And, like, all these particle effects coming off of him. And he's reacting realistically. And, yeah. wow. Just, oh, my God. The attention to detail. And then it only gets better when you 
mix in the slow motion and the reactions are just so immediate and physical and powerful for all the guns and if you miss if you shoot the wall then there's like individual particle effects for every surface you can shoot and like taking trunk chunks out of the drywall or sparks off of the pipes there's moments in that the best moments in fear are when you run into a room full of enemies and you just fuck shit up in the span of like five seconds yeah and then you un you un slow mo it you go back to normal speed and like the the light is swinging back and forth and flickering, and there's smoke everywhere and blood everywhere, and it's just like whoa, yeah. and it just happens like really quickly. And it's that game. I I cannot speak. That is one of the best first person shooters of all time, no doubt. Um, it's fucking yeah. Great. I already agree. Yeah, and the technology of it um, is I, it and Stalker were so far oh, ahead yeah. of its of their time. Um, those are the two games I think of as like. They were doing stuff like uh, dynamic shadows and and physics and particle effects good in a way that other video games didn't. Like, other video games might have one of those things, but Fear especially... And a lot of them still haven't tried. Well, dynamic shadows... The shadows... Like, like, when's the last game you played where you could really notice, like, the shadows looked any good. Like, I, I feel like lighting has kind of yeah. t- taken a back seat lately in gaming. And it's always been like one of the most important things graphically for me has been a good lighting engine. And I just don't see it anymore. Um, I see realistic lighting engines that look fine, but there was a time where I guess because lighting was new and gimmicky, like they purposely put parts in the level where like things have long yeah, shadows yeah. and look really cool. And now it's like, I don't know. It's no fun anymore. Like I guess. fear. Fear the light swinging back and forth. It'll mm-hmm. cast shadows on everything around it. And uh, what what I noticed pretty early on, which I thought was really cool, is that your character casts a shadow on the environment. Yeah. So sometimes you'll like see a shadow on the hallway, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, oh, that's me. <laughs> um, yeah, not something that most games do. And Fear does it still better than a lot of the games that try. And that is definitely true of like the physics for characters as you shoot them. I mean, I I haven't seen a game really do that, where they react so like immediately and yeah. directly to how and where you're shooting them. Um, oh, there's a game that I'm thinking of, and I can't remember it, but there there was a good example of that in a relatively modern game where like like enemies had a, reactions to where you would shoot them and stuff. Um, but I I can't think of it. But yeah. Hatred that stuff is way more important than I think a lot of. On the one hand, like you can look at it and say like, well, it's not even gameplay. Like you're talking about shit that's just like aesthetic, but it is gameplay in a in a sense. In fears, if you look at some, if you shoot someone in fear with the assault rifle in the upper chest and head area, there's a satisfaction to it because of the way the enemy reacts and the way the bullets hit. That is non-existent in other games in similar games uh and yeah it it's it definitely is gameplay like that that's really what gameplay is it's the feedback loop of you input something and then some output happens and it's all about like the visual audio it feels interactive objective based feedback that you get from the stuff that you do and so if enemies react much better to shooting them then that's a, a gameplay improvement it, that that stuff's so important the the feeling of playing it moment to moment is what sells it uh for me like it, i have not 
I have not disliked a second of the game so far. <laughs> like, it's all been just tight, and um, I've never been frustrated or uh, confused about when what to do. you were trying to stream it last night, you were on, you were in the rooftops of that building, like the office building level, and that's, yeah. I think, the to me, that's the high point of that game. The office building is a really, really, really that was... awesome level yeah i think i'm like halfway through yeah. it or something i just got out and then like your own guys are mm-hmm. shooting you um acs I don't, I don't know what they're called but going through that office facility okay the fat guy was so fucking funny first of oh all, yeah God, gotta I give a shout out to him completely he's like huge yeah wow. <laughs> and uh there's but a lot of plot also that like that i kind of forgot about but that has a, that's another thing yeah. about the, i actually genuinely like that plot a lot actually it's it's pretty good like if you listen to all the, the little voicemails cool so far. and stuff it's pretty good yeah i'm I'm interested yeah. in the story too which i wasn't expecting yeah. to be all, all i saw for years was like the the girl yeah. from the ring and uh some guns so i wasn't expecting all that much really in that regard but i'm interested in like who, who am I actually playing as? And I kind of feel monstrous in a way, like at, like the protagonist is kind of like a m- weirdo yeah. monster. Because you just think about like, okay, what if you saw what you were doing at like exactly. normal it's speed? Sort of the fun of it. it would just be <laughs> some like maniac tearing into a yeah. room, eliminating all life within it in three seconds. Like, there's something up there. I want to find. Have out you what it um? Is. Not uh, to spoil anything, but you're probably already aware that these are in the game. Have you encountered, like, a mech? A mech? <laughs> I guess I have spoiled it then. <laughs> there's a moment. <laughs> there's a, things start to ramp up in that game, and there's a moment. I, I, I've already told you too much. Do you, wait, what do you mean by mech? Like the mini-boss people? Or... It, it's a mech. It's a thing. It's a robot that someone sits inside that shoots at you. I think you'd be. Would I immediately know it's a mech and not a guy in armor? I'm trying to. Because there are those it's dudes that like time. burst through the it's doors. It's been a long time. There are these dudes that like kick doors down and they're covered in armor and they. You know what yeah, I'm they're like the silver dudes with the blue I think there's, I think the there's a difference, eyes. and I'm I'm getting kind of like I fear okay. two. Had a lot of mech stuff in it. Like you could even like pilot one at one point, and I'm trying to remember if I'm just remembering fear two instead. Because that was one of the few things that I remember very fondly of Fear 2 was there were these, they would like, they were Titanfalls, basically. Like, they would come in from the fucking <laughs> sky and drop out of this pod and just slam onto the ground and then start fucking well, shit up. Serious? And it was fucking Fear awesome. 2, Fear 2 had mechs that dropped from the yeah. sky that you would yeah, get and, in. And, and Fear 1 pod. might also have those. Okay. I, I don't remember. Oh. I'm pretty sure Fear 1 has them. I don't know if they drop from the sky. I don't think they do, but uh, yeah, that game goes places. That game goes goes places. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely gonna finish it. It it's uh, the pacing of it. Half Life Two is like the benchmark that everybody brings yeah. up when it comes to a first person campaign pacing, and this just again immediately reminded me mm-hmm. of that. Where like you you can tell that the levels were constructed in a way so that you're going to experience ups and downs on a very smooth curve. <clears throat> like, uh, they they even do that, like, moment to moment. Like, you'll see, um, 
the girl, I don't know what Alma. her name is. Alma. I don't think I've been told in the game yet. But uh, you'll see Alma. You'll be like, it's kind of hard to explain this with words. But you'll be walking along this catwalk. And then there's like a window inside to an office. And you'll look inside and she's mm-hmm. in there. And then you walk around the corner and inside. And then yeah. she's gone. Or there's like a pillar that you're going to cross in front of. And as you walk across it on one side you see her and then as soon as you pass through she's gone like they they plan out these little moments where it'll like she'll disappear and appear in exactly the right way depending on where you are and they they really take that approach and apply it to the whole game too like going through the office building and that slow build up where you're just seeing a bunch of bodies everywhere and then like it it kicks up to 11 when those crazy cloaked experiment dudes start like Ninjaing out of nowhere, and screaming at you, and those are fucking. Scary. They were so cool. I, I, they were. They made me that like the first one I saw made me so, jump because it's like hiding inside a little cubicle. Yeah, we discussed it briefly in 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 Steam chat yesterday, but I played that game. I was probably thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, somewhere around there, <laughs> um, and I was. Uh, legitimately freaked out. That was the first scary game that I ever played. I wouldn't played. blame you. And uh, Alma freaked the shit out of me every time she appeared. And that stuff you mentioned of her like disappearing and, and, and appearing, like that that was such a novel concept to me and so scary to be playing a game and like not know where someone is. Like that kind of thing just freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. And those ninja people, oh, yeah. I, yeah, they jump out of the... I know exactly the moment you're talking about where it jumps out of the cubicle at you. And <laughs> yeah, that game I had to play it in pretty small bursts because I, it, it would it would it stressed me out. Um, God, I want to I want to play through it again, but I know I know you mentioned that the scares maybe don't hold up so well, and I believe you. Yeah, it 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 definitely doesn't have the same edge that it must have in two thousand five. Yeah. yeah, when it came out, a um, lot of games. I actually too... kind of laughed out loud at one of the parts <laughs> that I think was meant to make you jump. You know, I the I forget his name, but he's like the I don't know what his purpose in the story is, but he's obviously like the red herring dude. Um Battle? He he's the guy yeah, the whatever. Bad guy. Hit that guy. That hits you in the face yeah, with a two by four. He's the bad guy. Yeah. Exactly. When he jumps out from behind that corner and hits you in the face yeah. and tries to do a menacing speech. Uh I I was just laughing man, at the way his face looked. Man But that's like the part that I remember the most of like making me jump out of my seat because the way that they build that up is like you're walking you're walking through this whole level where there's like no enemies basically but things kind of move around a little bit and things start to get creepy and like the architecture starts to get confusing and and not make sense and uh and so i was like really on the edge and just the last thing that i expected was for him to pop out and fucking hit me in the face and so yeah, that that got me when I first played it for sure. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know why it didn't get you because I feel like even today, the shock of him stepping out and hitting you, I, does it like? I guess it enters in like a little bit of a cutscene. It scene. startled me. It startled me, and it does enter a little cutscene. But um, yeah, it's it's like the the scary elements because so many games have like adapted what fear did and try yeah, to I was going to mention that like where like fear kind of changed that and... entire I don't I, I don't even know if you call <laughs> yeah. it a genre but yeah but 
that stuff the it's not like scary. Yeah. I I part of that's just probably being older than you were. Um, and seeing more of it, but, like you mentioned, I, I I do think that makes yeah. it like when if you play through PT, it's a lot scarier, you know, right? Uh, a right. lot more effective, That's exactly. But, but PT uses some tricks that I would argue probably uh, maybe don't originate from fear, but were evolved from fear. Like looking through oh, the little sure. crack in the doorway sure. and having that woman's face appear is something that would happen in fear, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing where it like waits for the player to interact with something to scare them. Um, and specifically, uh, one thing in PT that I think might have been inspired indirectly from fear was when you're walking down the hallway and you see the lady standing under the red light and you see her silhouette, and then the lights cut out for a second and flick back on, yeah. and then it's just bright white, she's gone, cockroaches crawling <laughs> yeah. everywhere. like That seems like something that fear could have had some hand in. And I think I think something that that fear got right that's hard to get right is it does give you those shocking moments those those uh jump scares uh but it it, it yeah. gives them in moments where you didn't you don't feel vulnerable but then for the rest of the game you do <laughs> you know uh yeah yeah so exactly there's one like that cubicle thing yeah. like after that, and, I was like corner checking the, yeah, everything, level, and you're walking past cubicles constantly, and so you have to like yeah. be on your toes the whole time. Someone mentioned in the chat the thing that made me bring it up. Uh, I don't know if you've had the ladder moment yet. I don't think so. Well, that's another spoiler. Sorry, is... but there is a moment on a ladder. <laughs> okay. All right. No, I don't. But, know. but like, think of like any conventional video game level. And there's a scary moment somewhere there that that keeps you on your toes, where otherwise you wouldn't be um, crawling through vents and all that shit. I I remember a vent moment too. I think uh, that was, yeah. So, uh, I. It's a tense yeah. game. It 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 doesn't have like a a genuinely scary horror edge anymore. I yeah. think, but like it, the atmosphere definitely holds mm-hmm. up. I think that's one of the things and that the tension did really up. strongly was that the atmosphere. Interestingly enough, I I don't remember much about the multiplayer. I didn't play a huge amount of it, but it was pretty popular. The multiplayer was, uh, and that atmosphere permeated the multiplayer levels too in a weird way. Like, yeah, there was a kind of a tension there too. I could, their multiplayer levels are pretty much just pulled out from the single player. You know, it's that kind of thing. But uh, I I remember kind of the multiplayer kind of has like a it, it has a very similar feel to the single player somehow. I mean, it's still your like standard like team deathmatch and stuff, but they keep the atmosphere, and it's kind of effective. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I I love Fear. I don't talk about it a lot, uh, but I should because it's. I think it's it's a defining FPS, and um, I, God, I need to I need yeah, to play I'm, through it again for sure. Having been playing it now, I'm surprised it's taking me this long to actually try it because I mean it's just so. Well, I think, good. like you said, from an outside perspective, it doesn't pull you in. Like it doesn't seem all that appealing, especially now where it's like, okay, this older game that's supposed to be all scary and has like a bunch of lame-looking shit in it. Uh, it's called <laughs> Fear. F E A R. It's just stupid. Uh, I. If I hadn't played that game, I would never play it at this point because it just looks dumb. But it's not. It's fucking awesome. One of the things that deterred me from it was actually, like, Alma herself. Um, yeah, Because I saw the ring. Yeah. 
and I just thought that was okay. It's the ring yeah. girl, but in a video game. And it kind of is. But and someone in the chat mentioned you can drop kick people in the face like Jackie Chan, so it ruins the atmosphere. Yeah, that was so cool. Yeah, I love that shit. I, I would have so much fun in multiplayer. You can do. You th- can do that in the single player though. Yeah, and you can do it in the multiplayer, and it's it's great. And the animations look real silly. And uh, that game's that game's special. Yeah, definitely. I'm I can't wait to finish it out and uh I heard Fear Three blows. I heard it absolutely blows. Yeah, I would Do you I think I would agree with that. Fear two uh doesn't even come close to living up to anything that Fear One does, but is okay, I think, because the plot is kind of an interesting carryover. Like they, they kinda of continue the plot in an interesting way at least with Fear Two. Um mm. And the gameplay's more of a standard first-person shooter, but still okay. Uh, but three, yeah, three's not good. Three has moments that are interesting, but but I played through all of three, and the only thing that makes it, I think, redeemable is the fact that it, it's a co-op campaign. And if you're playing anything co-op, you're gonna have some fun with it. But it's but that's gonna yeah, ruin. But it's, yeah, but it's like fear co-op doesn't really compute. But at least you can have fun with it because it's co-op. That's it. Fear, the first one, like from what I am seeing, is defined and is good because of its attention to detail. Like the animations, the atmosphere, the way that scripted events happen, the way that enemy AI works, the way that combat in arenas are designed so that you can use like proximity mines. And like the way everything is thought through, it shows that they were paying attention to the the details and even if the technology improved substantially between fear one two and three or whatever like the only thing that matters is the amount of care that was put into the game and if that's not there then you're not yeah fear two so fear two is uh fear in a post call of duty for world yeah so you kind of know what to expect there so it's like but it's like it, it is competently done it's like okay it's if if a developer this is basically probably what happened i don't know the story behind fear 2 but it's like okay a separate developer looks at fear and says well let's make a let's make a sequel to that but also just make it a make it in the style of your typical first person shooter campaign that people have been making lately in the right. in the in the spirit of call of duty 4 but but do it competently enough and make it unique enough. Like it's not like it's just it not it's not like they just went to Call of Duty. It's not that. But but you have the aim down the sides shit and and stuff like that where it feels more like that game. And then and then scripted sequences that feel more Call of Duty ish than Fear ish to me. But I like the Call of Duty four campaign, and I think that Fear two kind of does that in a competent way. So. I I I don't want to like brush off Fear two as like okay it's just. It's just modern FPS garbage that that took the fear name because I do think it has a lot of redeemable aspects to it. It's probably worth playing okay. because you could probably pick it up for like five bucks tops. So, uh, it, you know, it's going to be worth that. That's probably yeah. true. So, yeah, uh, that's fear. I like it a lot. I'm going to finish it. Good game. Um, Okay, I, I want to tell you about something fucking retarded I've been watching that I've just been completely addicted to for, like, a 24-hour Is it anime? No. It's called Caught in Providence. Okay. 
uh, <laughs> or it's actually caught caught in Providence. It's a uh, like television show that's I think aired on like local TV in Providence, Rhode Island, and then they upload every episode to YouTube, <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's like the lower municipal court of Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> And it is just, like, every episode is, like, 20-some cases of, like, the the smallest shit. And it's not, like, Judge Judy or Judge Joe Brown or whatever, like, where they're arbitrators who yeah. kind of have a set that is a... This is just, like, An this actual ancient courtroom. judge who is, like, 80-some years old. His name's, like, Judge Shapiro or something. Like, he's, like, an old... Caprio, Judge Caprio. He's like an old kind of Italian guy, like 80s or something at least. And uh, he just takes these cases that he's got a lot of water in his mouth. And there's a very fat inspector who sits by the side of the court. And he gives recommendations about what the state would like to pursue in this case. It's going to be $85. He loves to give out rulings for $85. Because that's how much a red light violation costs in Providence, Rhode Island, which I now know. <laughs> You know, and you'll I, never forget. I could tell you a lot of I could tell you a lot about traffic law in Rhode Island Jesus. right now. I really could Why just wipe watching? the floor. Because I saw a clip of him like uh, it was some I forget exactly what the clip I saw was, but I, I thought it was funny. Basically, a lot of the cases are him cutting somebody a break because you know it's <laughs> the light was ah, so you, so the light was turning red. Before you, can we, can we get the lights down, please? Okay, let's look at the tape. And then he plays the tape. And then he's like, Inspector, can we, how long was the light red? 0.3 seconds, Judge. Okay. Now, the statute says that 0.2 seconds is the grace period typically allowed. I, I tend to go more lenient. So, 0.3 seconds, the matter is... Sounds all right. You're selling it. So, You're selling it to me right it now. It actually is, <laughs> like, entertaining. It's, it is an entertaining show. And part of what makes it so entertaining is the incredibly low production <laughs> value. Like, uh, the, the show is produced by the judge's brother. And now keep in mind, this is like an 80-year-old judge, so his brother is also up there in years. And um, he just sits in the corner of the courtroom... With, like, a camera. They got, like, a few cameras and, uh, you know, it's not, like, a, a completely amateur operation. But it's, like, definitely kind of, like, a public... A it's not public assets. I think it airs on, like, the local ABC or something. But um, it's definitely not, like, a big budget thing. And it, it's very real. You have people, like, stumbling over their excuses <laughs> of why, why they shouldn't have to pay their parking ticket. And... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he'll like mess with people because in one episode you'll see like 10 cases because that's how long actual cases in traffic oh, yeah, court yeah. take it's just like in and out uh, uh, the, 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 tape, the tape caught you going through the red light do you have anything to tell me about this uh, well I, I, I couldn't see the light in front of me well that's clearly not true the case you get $85 $85 $85 but then there's also like cases that also must be like a lot of the time taken up by these lower courts which is like extremely poor like 
homeless people, alcoholics, just, like, brought in for the 50th time, and, like, it gets sad at some parts, and it's just, like, a it's a real courtroom. It's a real lower courtroom in a big American city, and he's, like, the elderly chief judge who has lots of uh, thoughts about what the law should be, and uh, he, he likes to be fair. He likes to give the state what they're owed. He likes to take into account people's personal personal situations, and so you, do, you balance the scales of justice in that way. That's what, that's what he says. He, he balances the scales of justice. Um, it's a really entertaining show. I recommend I'm, I'm it. And the, it. the narrator, the narrator for it, I don't know who, who the fuck this is, but he's a guy doing like an obnoxious, maybe it's real, I don't know, but it's like a completely over the, it has to be somewhat faked. It's like an over-the-top Rhode Island Boston accent where he's like, Court in Providence will be right back after these <laughs> messages. And that's preserved in the YouTube uploads, by the way. Like some like local TV ads from Providence, Rhode Island will start playing. <laughs> uh. and, uh, but then he plays it up when they like plug the social media stuff. It's like, check us out on the Facebook and the Instagrams. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I found a I found a local commercial. I'd seen some of this judge's local commercials, but then I saw this one. Not judge. Uh, this is a lawyer. Uh, some of his commercials and thought they were kind of funny. And then I saw one posted on Twitter that I liked a lot. Um, it's an ambulance chaser, and he <laughs> makes no bones about his his role in the judicial system. And he uh, he made this ad <laughs> where he goes. When I go after the insurance companies and it zooms out, he's holding a rifle and he's in a <laughs> he's in a deer blind in the middle of the woods. And he says, Oh my god. I'll hunt for the small doe and and it goes down his rifle scope and there's a doe and it's made out of a one dollar bill is its body. And it, <laughs> it jumps away and the scope moves. He goes, I go after the big bucks, and there's a buck with big antlers. And a hundred dollar bill on him, and he shoots it, and he hits it in the head, and his head explodes into money. That's good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's an Alabama uh, <clears throat> lawyer who uh, will he'll go to bat for you, attorney at law. He will uh, take these, down the insurance these, like... companies. The lawyers like that have really embraced the Saul Goodman yeah. style once that became like kind of popular. They just We've got own one... it. I even I saw a billboard that was Better Call Paul. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, yeah I, there's always been those that have like the sense of humor about them, and we've got one in the state who is by far the most famous because he has a billboard, like like. Almost every other billboard is is an average. His name's Alexander Shannara, and he's all over the fucking place. I mean, he's become famous, legit famous in the state. Everyone knows who he is. Yeah, I think every state has yeah. like the one TV lawyer yeah. like that. Uh, For us, it's Science and yeah. Kirk. So, ah, uh, God, I hate him, but you kind of gotta love him too. <laughs> <laughs> They're part of uh, part of American culture, <laughs> the, like the fabric of America. Yeah. You need these sleazy uh, ass lawyers. Uh, they keep the whole ship afloat. So yeah, court in Providence. Okay. I might I check that one out. 
And uh, other than that, I haven't really done much. Um, I replayed Cave Story. I don't know if that happened between the last podcast or the one before, but I replayed that whole game. I did a stream of it and uh, just played the whole game in one night. And that game, it's still just one of my favorites. I can pick up that game and play it anytime. Um, it's it's just something about it. It's so easy to just get back into and start playing again. It feels really nice. But every time, the lack of a, an ability to skip cutscenes gets mm. more and more frustrating. Because there are those dialogue scenes. Like, the very first thing in the game is, like, a dialogue sequence. So there's no way to skip it, even though I've played the game, like, 50 That's what blows times. my mind about speedrunners who play these games that have, like, a lot of stuff like that in them. And it's like, how do you do yeah. it? How do you sit through that shit? I I was thinking about that specifically when I was replaying it because there's like a little, it's not like a gimmick, but a little quirk to how you advance through the dialogue where you hold down the button and then it like speeds up faster, but it won't like automatically advance to the next line of dialogue or anything. You then have to let oh. go. And then press the it. dialogue advancing. Exactly. <laughs> so if you were actually trying to maximize like your efficiency moving through the dialogue scenes, you can't mash the button as fast as you can. You actually have to precisely hit the button to advance the dialogue quickly, let go at the exact moment that the dialogue is complete, and then hit it again and hold it until the next... Like, I like that. If you actually <laughs> tried to speedrun that, you would have to consider the dialogue and how you're speedrunning the dialogue. Uh, but that's a complete tangent. Um, the game is very good. It's probably like my sixth or seventh time just doing a complete playthrough of it hasn't ever gotten old i'll go back to that game for like years and years definitely i I like to play that game like a a good solid playthrough like at least once a year that more most yeah i don't i don't have any games like that i have games where i get reminded of them and i'm like holy shit i love to play i would love to play that game again um and sometimes i do like morrowind i i install that once every two or three years probably don't play very much of it but just go in and and mess around with it and get that nostalgia but uh yeah i don't have anything well the difference is the difference is that if you if you know your way around cave story it's like a three four sure. or five hour game or yeah whatever. it's also part of what makes cave story great is the gameplay not so for marwin so yeah. um yeah <laughs> yeah uh that's how that's how a lot of my favorite games are is like it's not they're not gameplay focused games so they're not all very great to go back to um but so it goes there, I, I don't have anything more to say about your story, but the guy made a different game that came out recently, Carol Blaster, which I've talked about before. Um, I replayed that after replaying Cave Story, and there was a minor little change that I just I want to mention because it's very baffling, and I don't know why a developer would think something like this is a, a good idea. Um, there is a hidden item in Kuro Blaster called the Kuro Blaster. And it's the best weapon in the game. Like all the vil- or enemies you fight, they're like these little black blobs who kind of eat everything. And if you find the Kuro Blaster, then it shoots like a thousand of them out of a gun per second. And you can upgrade it two more times. And then you get like the most ridiculous, craziest weapon in the game. That's It's hard to find. It's not like an easy to find secret. And... The way you accessed it in the original version of the game was you play 
the level called like the water hotel or hotel XOXO. It's something that you like go down into the water and then at the very end, after you finish a boss, you get a jetpack. Well, if you then backtracked through the entire level with that jetpack that you got, you have to walk through every screen and then go back to the first screen of the level. Then you can hop up to this slightly out of reach place that looks just like a completely normal piece of scenery. And then you walk into the next screen and then you can get that thing there. So it was just a nice little secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you thought to do that, that's what you would get. And uh, like there would even be an NPC there that would say, you're not supposed to be here. So I, I, th- I, I like that about the game. It's not anywhere near on the level of Cave Story, but it's like, cool, there are these nice little touches like that. I go back and play it, and they added a door that comes down after you beat that boss that prevents you from backtracking through the level. They made it an only New Game Plus thing that, like, anybody can... Not anybody can find it, but why why would you do that? That... It, like, went back and removed charm and an interesting part of the game for no fucking reason. I, I don't understand it. And it really pissed me off. It really, like, soured my view of that game. Damn. Um, I don't know who made that decision. I, It's just baffling. I, that's stupid. You shouldn't do that. That was a nice part of the game. There are three upgrade tiers to it. The first one's not even that good, and that's the, really the only one you can get early. So, it's just... You shouldn't... What was the thought process? Explain it, Skippy! Fuck! Sorry. I, I don't know. This is your fault. This was your I decision. Think it is. Mm. But we'll agree to disagree. $85. $85. Man, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to check that one out. That's. <laughs> but I'll waive the penalties. <laughs> well, um... Because your parking tickets have tripled. <laughs> Take as long as you want to pay. I, I wanted to mention something. I think it's out... Or it's at least coming out very, very, very soon. Nio or Neo? Yeah, it came out yesterday. Are you going to get that? I I thought I was going to, but I I don't have the fire really yeah. for it. I feel like... Plus, I, I still got to finish The Last Guardian. Sure. I feel like it's... um. I, I haven't ever really been excited for, for it because it's so much like Dark Souls. It's too much like Dark Souls. And I, I'm okay with games, you know, wearing their influences on their sleeve and just going with it. Uh, but not when the games that they're doing that are... Not when not when their influences are so good that there's no way it's going to surpass them. Like, it's not going to be yeah. better than Dark Souls. So you're just going to be right, constantly exactly. comparing it to Dark Souls, which is probably a lot better, and that can't be to the benefit of this game. And and so I I don't know. I it looks fine, but I like, played the demo. How, I mean, what do you think? Uh, like the one. Well, the comparisons to Dark Souls are many and obvious. Yeah. So like you can't help but draw these comparisons. Yeah. For one everything is more bland like it doesn't have that like unique angle and world that dark souls just is bleeding yeah. so 
it's like kind of a medieval Japan place with demons and that's it's cool, but it's not like actually atmospheric. It feels like levels like you're yeah. running around a video game level. And um the combat it honestly just I don't I don't exactly know how to describe it, but it doesn't feel fair. Or at least like not as fair as Dark Souls. Mm. It doesn't feel like every time you get hit it's your fault necessarily. There's some like unpredictable animations from enemies and just stuff that you can't really avoid unless you're being overly cautious and chipping away one piece at a time. And there like the focus on switching stances, you have like a light attack, a medium attack, and a heavy attack stance, and you switch between these stances. The act of like having to switch between the stances it's kind of like a... It's cumbersome. Yeah. I'm not... The combat itself, when you're, like, really roiled up in it and dodging attacks and countering very quickly, it's very active and, and exciting and fun. But, like, overall, the the combat system is more, like, clunky. It, it doesn't... It's not as, like, immediately... I don't know how to really describe it. I didn't even get all that much time with it, probably like three, four hours total. But, um, so yeah, the combat was very cool, but for some reason still never hit that Dark Souls fair, rewarding loop of combat. And then probably the most egregious flaw of the demo is that I felt like I was fighting the same enemy always. Like, they were guys with different weapons, but you fight them all approximately the same, except for these huge demon guys who are all the same enemy and model. Maybe that was just the demo. I don't. I don't want to judge the game I, I, from only that first level demo. But um, I, I do. I just think it, maybe if a Dark Souls game hadn't come out last year, uh, I'd be starved enough of that kind of game to want to play it more but yeah, like exactly yeah i don't know uh yeah i was curious because we, we just got a dark Souls 3 dlc we're just about to get another one yeah so I, I was curious just because it 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 seems like a lot of people are pretty excited for it but I, i'm not feeling the burn um yeah i i I, I'm, there's not all that many games that I'm still excited for. I, would, I at one point I was really looking forward to uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn or whatever. Uh, I still am. The closer it gets to release, and I don't even think it's. There's been people making fun of like like the voice acting and animations and stuff. I've seen some videos of that flying around, and I, I think people are being overly harsh on it. Um, so that's not the reason that I'm kind of not so excited for that game, but it's just like the closer it gets to release, I, the less I feel like I need to play that game. Like, it just seems like, I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me, not the game. Did you freeze? Have I frozen? Can you hear me? Uh, the last thing I heard was the less you feel like you need to play that game. Yeah. I I just don't really feel like I need to play it. Just, it, it's just not doing it for me. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it'll come out and people be really really positive on it but but when's when's that supposed to come out Horizon i don't know on. they're releasing some videos on it so it can't be too far but february 28th it's oh wow to come out. okay yeah so uh 
I mean, it the environment looks so amazing, and the setting it's and cool. premise are very very cool. I'm just a, I guess I'm I guess I'm skeptical partly because it's like Sony and they just had their No Man's Sky thing, and uh, I, I that that does not enter my mind at all. I, I, I mean, I just No Man's Sky was like a it was one of those Sony's promoting this game, but. It's not a Sony game. This is a first party, like, yeah. exclusive published. I just, the it's way that they've thing. hyped up stuff in the past has made me a little bit skeptical, maybe overly so, overly cautious. But uh, it just seems like I, I, I've been a little bit wary of that game ever since. Uh, really, they first started showing it when, when they showed like, some of the menus and stuff, and I realized how much it looked like The Witcher 3 with the menus and I think the way it plays looks a lot like the Witcher three and the whole concept of their open world feels a lot like Witcher three. Um, and I, that's another game that I don't think will benefit from the comparison. Uh, maybe not, you know, really it's fault for, for not being as good as what I think is one of the best games of all time, but that's how it goes. Um, so maybe that's part of what's made me kind of wary of it, but it, yeah, I, I'm I'm not I'm not sold on that game yet, um, but I I'm almost definitely going to get a PS4 in the next like several months because I really really want to play Persona Five, um, so maybe that will be one that I get. But I don't know. For How now, much of Bloodborne not. have you actually played, you punk? Uh, I've played most of it. I played. I'm trying to think. What's of... the last thing you did? Or place you remember? There's the boss uh, that has. I'm trying to remember the what the boss looked like. Um, it's hard to describe places in that game because it's like, oh, it's the it's the uh, it's the place Not that looks really. like a, a... I remember them all by name. Really? I no, yeah. I it doesn't. They don't stick Tell in you. my mind away. I mean, I can picture them, but I can't describe them apart from each other. Uh, Maybe you were playing on like a borrowed system, right? Yeah. Like at... I don't know. Maybe I've, it was the ability to like just pour over it for hours and hours and hours every day I wanted. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've played definitely over... I would say definitely well over a dozen hours of it. Um, I don't know. I just... I, I, I probably do need to complete it eventually, but I, I'm still just like I, I I don't feel like I'm missing out all that much. I would I would rather play the Dark Souls three DLC first than Ugh. the Bloodborne to finish Gross. Bloodborne. You're icky. Sorry. You're icky to me. I, I, though, that DLC I think is the best content yeah. in the series. Like, and I don't even think it's like close. Well. When are you going to finish The Witcher 3, bitch? When are you going to play that DLC, which is <laughs> the best part of that game? Except in that case, it's not like I'm saying, oh, it's not doing it for me. It's not I'm not saying that about Bloodborne either, though. I'm just saying, like, I don't feel like I'm... I need to finish it. It's not that I don't like it. Um, it, it if I get a PS4, I'm going to finish Bloodborne. But I'm not... I hurry. guess... I don't know. Something The Witcher 3 is like really really thick. Oh yeah. And I I don't I honestly can't like play it 
for six hours or something or like i can but then i don't play it the next day or then for months after <laughs> like i i don't know what it is but i'll do like a substantial chunk of the story or something like i'll play all the way through like most of the skellige main story and i'll do that in like almost one sitting just taking it all in but then after that it's like i need i need to breathe there's definitely a it's... pacing you have to hit with it uh that i didn't hit very well uh when i first started playing it i i i went through one very very major gap of playing it where like i got up to the the main city area where you're having to like talk to dandelions females and uh i stopped playing for a few months and then when i went back to it and i started playing it bit by bit every day I got into the rhythm and, and and finished it pretty quickly, and then I took another big break because I didn't want to get the the buy the DLCs yet because I had other games to play and I, I just wasn't sold on them yet. And uh, and then I finally bought those, and oh, God, the DLC is just so fucking good. It's the best stuff in that game. I I've, I've been told, and I I believe it too. I yeah. gotta finish that. Yeah, you do. It's it's great. Anyway, uh, I don't think I have any news. Um, I heard that yeah, the, the only the, thing I was going to mention was that Neo came out. Which, yeah, I, I um, heard that Jurassic. the uh, the sequel to Deus Ex might be canceled, might be canned. Um, I guess that game didn't sell as well as they wanted it to, maybe. But um, yeah, I doubt it has much mainstream. That's appeal. one that I've been meaning to finish for a, a while now and haven't gone back to. Maybe I'll finish it eventually, but. It just didn't cap. It didn't have the same magic as 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 Human okay. Revolution did. But yeah, all right. Oh, one one stupid thing I wanted to mention that I just saw like minutes before we started, and it just made me laugh. Um, people need to stop trying to make the witness. Is that so, happening? I saw two indie dev puzzle games walking simulator puzzle games huh. exploring a big open environment um with like kind of abstract visual style mm-hmm. and like you could it wasn't like exactly like the witness style because it would be nowhere near that good but uh east shade and leaving lindau there are two games that are basically indistinguishable <laughs> that if you showed me if you showed me screenshots or video of either game and asked me which one it was, I've seen like 10 or so minutes of footage from each. And I honestly wouldn't be able to tell you like it is like a whimsical forested kind of towny environment. And you walk around and you solve puzzles and um, I, I don't know, maybe the puzzles themselves will be interesting or whatever, but it really feels like they're trying to do the witness from what I yeah. saw. And there's no way it can. And the witness. Speaking of the witness, speaking of things you need to play, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty. I, I've good. never been that big a fan of pure puzzle games. Like I know. I, I don't get into them, and it. I, Neither have I. Though. I just don't enjoy. It feels like doing work. I, I don't like. I don't like having to just solve a puzzle for its own sake. I I don't really get that much enjoyment out of it. Yeah. I don't know. I I I would have said the same thing about myself before playing it though. Okay. And I got pretty addicted to those puzzles. 
Like I had to solve those puzzles. It it, it, it sticks in <laughs> okay. your mind. It's a little worm that digs its way in, and you go like, "Holy shit! I need to solve this puzzle." But anyway, that's 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 all I got. Yeah, me as well. Thanks for watching, guys. It's been pushed to shout. Wonderful one oh one episode. Um. 102 comes after 101 so watch out for that it does and um that's it good night guys or good morning if you're watching in the morning or shut, time. shut the fuck up in the power just... and i'd also like to say <laughs> i'm hanging up all right good night